G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. that saying in no man is an island none of us can go it alone we all need help wise counselor a bit of muscle from time to time the question is who or what do you turn to to get that help when you need it when it comes to getting help sometimes we do the craziest things I'm Bernie Diamond, and it's great to be back with you again. Today, we're going to take another look at your life from a different perspective. And please do stick with me, because very soon, I'll be telling you about my latest life application booklet. It's called How to Enter God's Rest. And I'd love to send you a free copy to help you do just that. Live out each day in the peace and the rest of God, whatever life happens to throw at you. There used to be a game show on television called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? where they asked you a whole bunch of questions and if you got them all right, you would end up winning a million dollars. Well, not surprisingly, not all that many people won the million. One of the rules of the game was that you had three lifelines when you ran into a difficult question. You could ask the audience... You could do a 50-50 where the computer removed two wrong answers out of the four multiple choice items, or you could phone a friend. The phone a friend always intrigued me. The contestant would run into a difficult question and choose to phone a friend. That would give them a 30-second call with a friend of their choosing. Sometimes the friend was able to help with a question, other times not. I wonder when you run into a difficult question in life, where do you turn? What option do you take? Ask the audience, 50-50, or phone a friend? It seems that often what we do is we try to build ourselves an insurance policy in life to provide a safety net for those difficult times. Some people try and get a financial buffer by earning lots of money. Some people try to build a social relationship safety net so that they have friends and family in place when the difficult times hit. That's not a bad thing. Other people invest in their career and their reputation as though that somehow is going to make a difference when the tempest hits. Whatever your safety net is, it's something that you've had to work hard to build. It's been an investment. Now, there's nothing wrong with a bit of sound planning. It's good to have a network of family and friends. It's good, if you can, to have some savings to fall back on. And if there's still such a thing, a secure job and a career path, nothing wrong with any of those things until we put all our trust in them as though they're going to be able to save us when a tsunami sweeps across our lives. Over the last few weeks on the program, we've been talking about idolatry. My favourite definition of an idol is anything that we place above God in our lives. We have an innate desire to worship something. That's how we've been made. And the crazy thing is that often we worship the wrong things. And in so doing, we miss out on the very best that God has ready and waiting for us. That God has ready and waiting for you. Idols are always imposters. Idols can never deliver what we hope they can deliver. So in your life, what are the safety nets that you've been investing in and building that you put your trust in? 
One of the things that we can so easily do is to work hard and save hard for a home of our own. And when we finally get that, we start behaving as though this home is a forever thing, that it's safe and permanent and viable. I happen to own a small apartment only several hundred metres from the ocean. We literally live at sea level. And as safe and as secure as this home feels, hey, should a tsunami hit, we're done for. Why is it that we behave as though the things of this world have the power to withstand the tsunamis of life? When we do that, it's called idolatry because we end up worshipping those things with our lives. We end up placing our trust in them. And when you stand back from that behaviour and you evaluate it objectively, it's just nuts. And not surprisingly, that's exactly what God says in his word. Let's, Let's take a look. Isaiah chapter 44, verses 9 to 20. All who make idols are nothing, and the things they delight in do not profit. Their witnesses neither see nor know, and so they will be put to shame. Who would fashion a god or a cast an image that can do no good? Look, all its devotees shall be put to shame. The artisans too are merely human. Let them all assemble. Let them stand up. They shall be terrified. They shall all be put to shame. The ironsmith fashions it and works it over the coals, shaping it with hammers and and forging it with his strong arm. He becomes hungry and his strength fails. He drinks no water and is faint. The carpenter stretches a line and marks it out with a stylus, fashions it with planes and marks it with a compass. He makes it in human form with human beauty to be set up in a shrine. He cuts down cedars or chooses a home tree or an oak tree and lets it grow strong among the trees in the forest. He plants a cedar and the rain nourishes it. Then he can use it as fuel. Part of it he takes and warms himself. He kindles a fire and bakes some bread. Then he makes a god and worships it and makes it a carved image and bows down before it. Half of it he burns in the fire. Over that half he roasts meat and eats it and is satisfied. He also warms himself and says, Ah, I am warm, I can feel the fire. But with the rest of it... He he turns into a god, his idol, and bows down to it and worships it. He prays to it and says, Save me, for you are my god. They don't know. They don't comprehend. Their eyes are shut, so they can't see, and their minds as well, so they cannot understand. No one considers, nor is there knowledge or discernment to say, Half of it I burned in the fire. I also baked bread on its coals. I roasted meat and I've eaten. Now shall I make the rest of it an abomination? Shall I fall down before a block of wood? He feeds on the ashes. A deluded mind has led him astray, and he cannot save himself or say, Is not this thing in my right hand a fraud? (laughs) Isn't that great? There was Isaiah talking about physical idols, statues, but they're no different to the idols we set up in our lives today, the physical things that we build to worship and place our trust in. I love how he unmasks the stupidity of idols. That's exactly what we do with the physical things that we turn into idols. One half of them we consume and enjoy, like money or a nice house, or friends or our careers, whatever it is that we've set up above God in our lives. And with the other half, we sacrifice to it and we trust in it as though somehow it has the power to save us like some God. Even our relationships, good as many of them are, Have you ever been in a difficult spot and used the phone a friend option and found there's nothing that your friend can say or do to help you? Of course you have. Have you ever asked the audience, gone out there for help and found that there was no help that could withstand the tsunami? Of course you have. Right at the end of that passage we just read from Isaiah, the prophet leads us to the right question to ask. 
the question we should be asking of the idols in our lives, is not this thing in my right hand a fraud? And the right answer to that question, the only answer to that question is, of course it is, dummy. When earthquakes and tsunamis hit your life, who's going to save you? When you come to that final barrier in this life, your physical death, and you're staring down the barrel of eternity, let me ask you, who can save you? Do you see how ridiculous it is for us to set up idols in our lives and to worship them and to sacrifice our lives to them and to put our trust in them? The more we invest in them, the more we trust them, the more deluded we become, imagining that they have the power to save us. They don't have that power. Listen to me. Idols are frauds. They're imposters, and at the very best, they're nothing but second best. When something or someone who you trust leaves you in the lurch, when your life is crashing down around you, that sense of betrayal and disappointment actually makes things worse. That's what idols do. However attractive or reliable or secure they may appear, however much you've sacrificed your life to them, they are nothing but a fraud. And that is the God-honest truth. What's been going on these last few years? Man, there are some tired, some exhausted people in this world. God knows that. And with all my heart, I believe he wants to help you through it all. Which is why I'd love to send you a free copy of my latest life application booklet, How to Enter God's Rest. There are questions at the end of each chapter to help you kind of chew things over and then really apply God's word right into the realities of your life. God's Word is alive and active. Amen. So I'm praying that through this booklet, He'll help you live out each day in His peace and His rest, whatever life may throw at you. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.